Hello, and welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with Mental Health America of Wisconsin. We're your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We are sisters and best friends who live with depression and have learned that hearing others speak openly and without shame makes it easier to believe depression is a common and treatable illness, not a personal failing. You are far from alone. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry, and welcome to the season 10 in review. Thank you. If you've been listening for a while, you know that we stop about every 10 weeks to summarize recent episodes. And that way, if you've missed any, you know which ones to look out for. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Yes, welcome. Our reviews are a good place to start because you get a taste of several stories in one place. And this is our first season in partnership with Mental Health America of Wisconsin, and we've covered a lot of territory. So let's begin the review, Terry. We also hit a milestone this season with the 200,000th, which is hard to say, play of this grassroots podcast. That's a big number. But the reason it's worth noting is that it represents 200,000 times that somebody reached out for information, connection, hope, comfort, and found it without even leaving their house. We thank you for listening and to our every guest for sharing. It's really amazing. We began with episode 105, A Terrible Gift, a poet's perspective on depression. Our guest, Kristen, a published Northwest poet and artist, doesn't like having depression. Who does? But she has made peace with it in a way, finding value in the illness's voice and gifts, both using her experience of depression as inspiration for her work and using her arts as a way of managing her depression. Your depression has its own voice, and that's valid. What I do with the voice that comes from my depression is I write about it. And I do that in the privacy of my home. I do it alone. But I found that when I have the courage to submit my poetry to all kinds of places, people are hearing me. Even though it comes out of the quietness, people hear what you're experiencing. And they hear themselves in it. They find themselves. And you have then created a passageway between you and people who are suffering. Again, that's episode 105. In episode 106, Stigma Impedes Recovery, we spoke with John, who, after listening to this podcast, chose to have his first public conversation about his depression with us. That is always an honor and a responsibility that we take seriously. John shared that although he started experiencing depression in his teens, it wasn't until decades later that he got help. Another recovery delayed by stigma. Um, Part of it was feeling like asking for help was admitting failure, like that I wasn't strong enough on my own to conquer something that was happening in my own head. The idea of getting, quote, professional help, I didn't know what that looked like in a way that would be viewed as acceptable. 
as if it has to be viewed as acceptable. But boy, you can hear John's whole episode by searching for episode 106. In episode 107, Depression, A Long Journey, Jennifer on medical leave spoke to us about her struggle to find medication that not only helps, but continues to help. We asked her how she would describe the illness to someone who does not have it. It is almost like uh, it's almost like the villain in a in some of those movies that you see where they they are able to control the hero and they're able to make the hero do what they want and just a part of you knows that this is this isn't right and this isn't correct and these thoughts aren't aren't yours and yet it's still there and it still controls you and it still manipulates you to no end. Jennifer also helps high school students by sharing her experience. Her full story is episode 107. Next was a touching story of depression, grief, and love. A recent widow discussed the lines between grief and depression and shared an intimate example of support during a very dark time. In retrospect, I wasn't myself, but it took him pointing it out to me. And it was Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's always a rush to get over to his family's. So you're wrapping gifts for kids, and you're making food, or you're picking up food, and there's just always this stuff going on. And I got in the shower, and I remember I was crying in the shower, and Joe had gotten in in the shower ahead of me and he was completely dressed and when he heard me in the shower he got in the shower with all of his clothes on and he just held me and I started crying and he said you're not yourself I feel like you need to get some help you can hear more of Jennifer Bartolotta's episode in its entirety that's number 108 the lines between grief and depression in episode 109 controlling the impact of negative news on our mental health was prompted by comments on our Facebook community page. There had been back-to-back mass shootings and a number of people were commenting on how the news was impacting their state of mind. We asked Duff the Psych, a psychologist and author, for some insights. For anybody, you know, if you're starting your day and you're in a neutral or good mood and the first thing that you see is something that's completely tragic or very, very intense, it's obviously going to change things. Um, I think that it's okay to have a sense of personal responsibility that you need to know what is going on in the world. You need to be aware of things. Um, but one of the sort of key skills I think that this, you know, these current generations that we're in need to master is, is how to regulate news input, how to use it in a way that's, that's constructive for them rather than just passively letting everything come to you because it can be, uh, you know, like at the, the light end throwing a wrench in your day and on the more severe end, really, really contributing to things like agoraphobia or PTSD or just a sense of hopelessness about the world. More advice on handling negative news, and that certainly includes natural disasters, politics, or whatever else upsets you, on episode 109. In episode 110, We Don't Know What We Don't Know, we again turn to a therapist for advice. This time in response to a man who realized he did not have the knowledge or skills to support a partner with depression. And personally, for me, I am a, okay, this is a problem, let's find a solution and let's fix it kind of guy. Um, I don't know if most men are that way. I suspect that a lot of men are that way. For me, 
that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to say, okay, you know, what do we have to do? Do I have to be a better income earner? Do I have to be a better lover? Do I have to pay more attention? Do I have to not be gone as much? Whatever it is, let's let's do it. Because I really hate the idea of you having to live with this depression and, and in fact, maybe I'm the cause of it. Well, it's very challenging to take on something that you can't fix. And someone with depression, especially severe depression, is going to tell you that it's not something that's easily fixed, but that this is a real illness and that it's not on him to fix it. He's not responsible. It's great to ask, like, what can I do to let your spouse know that no matter what, I'm going to see you through this. I'm going to be there as much as I'm able to. Let's maybe get help together. This example was of a spouse, but of course that advice also goes to any partner or child, anybody you're trying to help. So for more of Elliot's questions and MHA's Mike Stenz's replies, please listen to episode 110. Next, we spoke to an Oregon teenager who was part of a group of students who worked to pass a statewide law allowing for excused absences for mental health days, just like days off for being physically ill. We also spoke with a social worker who took mental health days as a child. I have always kind of been like a go-getter. I Mm -hmm. keep myself busy with three sports activities, stuff like that, and good grades. And it ends up being just a huge burden um, sometimes because you're at school for seven hours, then you have three hours of practice after school, and then multiple hours of homework. And you just kind of become like a monotonous robot at that point. And the times I did take mental health days, it was mostly just literally sitting down and just taking time to recharge my social battery and my battery in general. And it's possible that that day could nourish a student who might already be thriving to really finish out the year strong or to really get their head straight before they have to take the SAT or to really get them reset before reentering the spring semester. Um, And so I think we can also operate from a place of strength, which is that maybe we can trust kids to know how they need to get their mental health needs met and we can just believe them. I bet that that school would actually have better grades at the end of the year if those students had felt like they had permission to take those days off. You can hear that episode in its entirety. It's 111 mental health days because sick is sick. Depression, speaking of sickness, can cause physical pain and pain can contribute to depression. We explored that vicious cycle with Stacy who lives with both fibromyalgia and long-term active major depressive disorder. Absolutely, and it has only gotten worse through the years. And the only real break I get is about summertime. You know, summertime is, is it kind of calms down the fibromyalgia, calms down the depression. You know, I still, I mean, I live in chronic pain even in the summertime, but it's the difference between a five and a 10. <laughs> You know, like, who really wants to live at a level five pain? Nobody, but I'm willing to take it because most of the time it's higher. That full episode is number 112, Chronic Pain, Depression, and the Value of Therapy. Next, for Suicide Prevention Month, we introduced you to Janine, a jazz singer, mother, inspirational speaker, and suicide attempt survivor. In episode 113, Things Can and Do Improve, we talked about childhood trauma, the need to hold on to hope with both hands, 
the hard to understand difference in the ways that people respond to mental versus physical health, including the language we use to describe it. So I think sometimes we have to um, learn to realize that we are who we are as individuals, and then we have this diagnosis. Um, the person who has um, cancer or a person that has kidney disease, we don't tell them, you are cancer, you are kidney disease. When you have a mental illness, you hear, you are crazy, you're schizophrenic. But why don't we say that to people when we find out they have cancer, high blood pressure? Why do we do that to people? Mm -hmm. We're still people. We're still wonderful, beautiful people. And we just may have a little something that's just different about us. Everybody does. Right, and, and we all do. Mm -hmm. This is an episode that we would love you to hear and share this month. It's 113. Things can and do improve. We wrapped up our 10th season with episode 114. I'm glad I survived. Janine seemed like the perfect person to spend two episodes with for Suicide Prevention Month. This episode centered around her suicide attempt, so it's a tough one to hear. But who better to hear this from than someone who has lived more than 30 years beyond what she had planned to be the end of her life? I should have never woke up. I woke up and panicked and pulled myself to the door because I didn't want to die. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? And pulled myself to the hallway. You don't want to die. You just want that pain to stop. You don't want to die. You don't want, you don't want to wait, pick up the phone, call someone. You just want to stop hurting. And the pain sometimes is so, oh, it's so um, paralyzing that you don't want to feel it. But if you, if you, if you wait and just pick up the phone and call someone and tell someone what you're feeling, you will be really happy that you have not that an attempt. I'm glad I failed, but you really don't. You really just want to stop hurting. In the episode, we talk about that word choice of failed attempt and the far preferred new language to use. Janine's powerful message of hope can be heard in episodes 113 and 114. Before we go, we have a favor to ask. Don't worry, we're not asking for money. <laughs> as grateful as we are by the fact that this podcast has been played more than 200,000 times, you know, as well as we do, there are an awful lot of people out there suffering who might benefit from these shared stories the way that we all do. Could you help us? Could you help them? Please post this episode on your social media. Even if it's a new thing for you to post something, it's a good thing to learn. You can download it to share or just come to the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, at Giving Voice, or even Pinterest, and share it from there. These season reviews are an easy access point. We appreciate your help spreading the word. It is one thing we can all easily do as Suicide Prevention Awareness Month draws to an end. And Terry, I know this episode's already long and you can cut this if you want, but I had a moment yesterday. I was actually cleaning and I thought, I love my life. And it's not that that uh -huh. hasn't been the case for a while, but oh man, 
that is so different than the message that I used to tell myself that mm-hmm. I was just humbled and uh, uh, overwhelmed with, with gratitude. It really can change. Thank you for sharing that, and I won't cut it. I love you, Bridget. I'm so glad you're out of that dark place. I love you. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on Depression's Dark Road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.